Welcome to Everyday Wellness. I'm Kelly Donahue, clinical health psychologist, here with my colleague, Cynthia Thurlow. I'm a nurse practitioner, and we are both super passionate about food, here to educate, inspire, and advocate for you for your best health. Hey, hey, wanted to come to you today and talk to you about some of the things that Kelly and I are really loving these days. And one of them are the Dry Farm Wines. And I'm not sure how much you know about this company, but what really makes them different and unique is that they are sourcing wines from organic vineyards where there are low to no sugar or carbs. And interestingly enough, most modern wines have more sugar than a liter of soda. Scary, right? They're lower in alcohol, they're lower in sulfites, and sulfites are kind of those things that can cause a lot of uh, symptoms. You know, sometimes people will get headaches and histamine responses, etc. They are one of our sponsors for our podcast, and we'd love for you to take advantage of trying out some of their wines. They have lots of options. I love their rosés, but you can go to www.dryfarmwines.com backslash Cynthia Thurlow and you can check out what they have there and try some things out and definitely let us know what you think. Hello everyone, we are super excited to have with us today food mood expert, Trudy Scott. She is a certified nutritionist on a mission to educate and empower anxious individuals worldwide about natural solutions for anxiety, stress, and emotional eating. Trudy serves as a catalyst in bringing about life-enhancing transformations that start with the healing powers of eating real, whole food, using individually targeted supplementation, and making simple lifestyle changes. She's known for her expertise in the use of targeted individual amino acids, the nutritional solutions for the social anxiety condition pyroluria, and the harmful effects of benzodiazepines. She works primarily with women, but the information she offers works equally well for men and children. Trudy also presents nationally to nutrition and mental health professionals on food and mood. And she's the author of The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, How the Foods You Eat Can Help You Calm Your Anxious Mind, Improve Your Mood, and End Cravings. And she's the host of the Anxiety Summit with a new Anxiety Summit coming out in November. Trudy's passionate about sharing the powerful food mood connection because she herself experienced the results firsthand, finding complete resolution of her anxiety and panic attacks. Trudy, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. No, I really enjoyed meeting you in August. It, you were one of those people that I was so focused. I was going to organically run into you and that happened you know, on the very first day. So very and, grateful uh, we, we had that connection. But I'd love to start by looking at the issue of anxiety. And we know, according to the National Institute of Mental Health and other peer-reviewed um, public research, published research, that an estimated 19.1% of US uh, adults had an anxiety disorder in the past year. We know that the past year prevalence of any anxiety disorder was higher for women than for men, and that an estimated 31.1% of the U.S. adults experience an anxiety disorder at some point in their time, in their lives. And so these numbers are really huge and are likely an underrepresentation of the issue. Can you comment on the extent of the issue from your perspective and why women are diagnosed more frequently than men? 
I'm glad you bring this up because we've got the stats and we go back and look at these the stats. They've been in place for the last 15 years and yet we see uh, more and more uh, uh, practitioners certainly saying that they're seeing anxiety as the most prevalent issue that they're seeing in their practice. Um, and keep in mind that these numbers are, are based on uh, people being diagnosed. So a lot of times people are not being diagnosed, so they aren't being counted. And uh, quite frankly, I'm surprised that the, the, the stats, official stats aren't sort of keeping up with what we're seeing. You'll see these, the, like these articles in the New York Times saying uh, Prozac Nation is now the United States of Xanax, meaning that, um, you know, anxiety medications are taking over from SSRIs because we're seeing such a huge increase in anxiety. So uh, we're seeing... Um, huge increases in, in, in kids. There's articles about how t- teens and college age students are having a really hard time. So it's, it's definitely more uh, common than we, we're seeing in, this, in the official stats, that's for sure. And to your question about women, why are women more affected than men? Uh, it could be certainly related to hormonal imbalances. We know that women make less serotonin than men. We know that women often have a lot on their shoulders. They're taking care of everyone else before they're taking care of themselves. So there's many different factors that could come into play, but um, it's, it's a big issue. And uh, we, they, we just, we don't have enough answers. Uh, this, you know, the typical standard of care is not enough. It's, it's just not supporting people. So, this is why I'm on a mission to do what I do because there is this term called nutritional psychiatry, which is in the literature now. And it means that we can, we can change our mental health by changing our nutrition. There's a term called psychobiotics, which was coined by Dr. Ted Dynan. He's a researcher in Ireland looking at using uh, psychobiotics, which are basically probiotics, which can change our mental health and change our mood. So there is so much that we can do. And we just need to make sure people are aware that these tools are out there. Absolutely. And I, before we go on, I want to back up just for a second. And I'd love for you to talk to our listeners about what anxiety is. So it is a, either a real threat of something or a perceived threat. So if you have, uh, you, you know, see someone charging towards you and they're going to mug you that's you know you expect it to have that anxiety and that's you you feel this fear and then you 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 react you either run away or you call for help or you do something now there is a perceived you've got this there is a situation where you've got this perceived threat where you think there's something going to happen and there's not actually a threat and this you know I remember um, I got into this because of my own anxiety and I remember waking in the early hours with this feeling of doom and this feeling like something was going to happen you know I couldn't put my finger on it there was no reason to feel like this but I just had this feeling of impending doom like something was going to happen so for me it was a perceived threat there was no threat for me and this is what a lot of people can relate to it's just like this feeling of of where is this coming from and you can try and think about it rationally you can try and say well this is crazy why am I feeling like this I need to sort of switch this off I need to think positive I need to you know people will say well you've got a good life you've got everything's great you've got a good job why are you feeling like this and you cannot switch it off it's just this this biochemistry that's gone haywire and it's causing this anxiety so you can feel 
uh, racing heart, you can feel uh, sweaty, you can have uh, heart palpitations, you can just have this fear of the unknown and this sort of impending doom. You can have panic attacks. I had full-blown panic attacks. I actually had the, the feeling of this lump in my throat where I felt like I had this golf ball in my throat and I couldn't swallow. I was terrified to swallow in case it ch I choked and, and yet I felt like I needed to swallow to try and get rid of the the, the feeling that I had this lump. So it can vary for, for different people. Sometimes you'll have, other than the, the mental anxiety, which is the worry and the ruminating thoughts and the reprocessing, you can have physical anxiety. So mm. you can feel it in your shoulders. You can feel tense. Uh, you can feel it in your gut. We have this uh, term where you say you've got this feeling in the pit of your stomach or you've mm. got butterflies. So it can be physical. It can be mental and different people can have different manifestations of it. We saw quite a bit of in cardiology, you know, a lot of times when people were feeling anxious, they would describe this panicky feeling, but they would also talk about chest pressure or the palpitations. And so it, it obviously manifests, you know, it's all about bioindividuality, but I would love for you to kind of touch on, and I, and I can see your book that I have in my own uh, study, The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, which I recommend to a lot of my patients. But I'd love for you to talk about the foods and substances to avoid if you want to lessen the likelihood or heal from the anxiety piece. Because I think in particular, this can be really eye-opening for uh, individuals to learn more about. Yes. And, you know, it's a good question that you ask because a lot of people will say, my anxiety is so severe there's no way that food changes could make a dent. And I want to just completely dispel that myth that it absolutely can. And for some people, just making some food changes can completely turn the anxiety around. For others, we may need to look at nutrients and specific nutritional deficiencies and, and other factors, which I'm, we can talk about in a second. But from a food point of view, real whole food. We want to go back to basics. We want to be eating the way our grandparents ate. Uh, the uh, Felice Jacker, she's the uh, uh, the uh, nutritional psychiatry researcher here in Australia, who's published all this research on food and mental health. And one of her first papers that she did was looking at the risk of anxiety and depression in Australian women, and found that there was a lower risk of anxiety and depression in women who ate real whole foods. So. Uh, that that is just you know it goes without saying and we want to take it a, a step further when we're eating the this real whole food we want to think about quality foods that are high in pesticides can increase anxiety we know that there's this connection between pesticides and increased anxiety certainly in farmers now we know they're exposed to a lot more pesticides than if you're just eating um, non-organic fruits and vegetables but that being said that slow but steady uh, you know, toxic burden definitely does catch up with a lot of individuals. If uh, grass-fed red meat, again, the quality is really, really important. And uh, in this, one of uh, uh, Dr. Felice Jacker's papers, she actually talks about the fact that when she did her PhD in nutrition to look at mental health, she thought that red meat was going to be an issue. And she was really surprised to hear that grass-fed grass red meat was actually one of the most uh, profound changes that that uh, people could make. And this actually, she found a, a higher uh, correlation for better mental health outcomes with women when it came to grass-fed red meat, which is wow. very interesting. <laughs> so it's a good source of zinc. It's a good source of omega-3s. It's got iron. 
And zinc and iron are cofactors for making serotonin and other neurotransmitters. So, and it helps with blood sugar control. So I talked about real whole food. The other dietary change is to eat for blood sugar control because if we've got these roller coaster swings of high blood sugar, low blood sugar, that's going to look like anxiety and look like a panic attack. So to figure out if, if low blood sugar is, a, is possibly a, a trigger, think about how you feel if you haven't eaten for a while. Are mm. you feeling irritable and edgy and like, you know, hangry, I've got to eat something, you know, give me some food quickly before I do something crazy where I'm just feeling so anxious and then you eat and then you feel good. That could be a clue. Now, for some people, that means having breakfast, uh, you know, within a few hours of waking. And eventually, once you start to uh, address your adrenals and start to heal, then you can get away with not having breakfast. And I'm a big fan of it, intermittent fasting. I know you are too. So um, that is what we want to be aiming for. But initially, uh, uh, Cynthia, while we're starting to heal and recover, having that breakfast in the morning is very beneficial. And certainly, even if you are um, able to do without the breakfast and you are having, uh, you know, eating later in the day, you want to make sure that you're getting enough protein and enough healthy fats in order to keep uh, your blood sugar stable. And then the third food that I just want to mention, well, there's, there's a few, but I'm going to pause there in case you've got any questions around those. And then I want to mention two other things that we definitely need to be thinking about. I think those are so important. Um, before we go into the other foods, I just wanted to point out that oftentimes when I see clients with anxiety and or depression, the foods that they tend to go to to sort of self-medicate those are the foods that actually increase their issues like sugar and caffeine and gluten. So maybe as you talk about the next set of foods that we should be eating, you can also address why those foods are not healthy for those with anxiety. Yes, and that's perfect. Those are the ones I was going to mention. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, we self-medicate. We self-medicate in order to feel good. So we are drawn to carbohydrates often, and this uh, makes us feel happy. It can uh, make us feel calmer. We can use carbohydrates to self-soothe. If we've got low endorphins, we're going to feel like I deserve it. Uh, This is my reward. This is my treat. And then those foods actually end up depleting us of the very same nutrients that we need in order to feel good. So it's a vicious cycle. We know that sugar can deplete us of B vitamins. It uh, depletes us of zinc. Uh, those, you know, those are needed to make our neurotransmitters again. But uh, there's a direct correlation between gluten consumption and low serotonin. It's, it's um, in the research. We see tons of research on gluten and anxiety and panic attacks, bipolar disorder, depression. So that is something that I'll have all my clients get off is get off gluten. Uh, You mentioned sugar uh, and then you mentioned caffeine. Now, a lot of people, uh, a lot of my clients, certainly I have found over the years, they're willing to give up the sugar they're willing to give up the carbs, but say, no, don't, don't, don't tell me to get up, get off my caffeine. <laughs> and this is a big thing with anxiety. It really is. You know, why go down this whole route of testing and looking at nutritional deficiencies and, and possibly looking at the amino acids when it may just be the, the caffeine. But the difficult thing is, is, is actually making that change because One of the most common concerns I see in perimenopause and menopause 
is hair loss, hair breakage, hair shedding. And knowing that over 80 million Americans are impacted by this is both reassuring, but it's wonderful to know that there are products available that can help with these symptoms. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress in perimenopause or menopause. They can be helpful for addressing dry scalp. And have you wanted to take control of your hair health but aren't sure where to start? This is where a Divi can be hugely impactful. I love their scalp serum. And we know that the scalp serum improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes our hair follicles, and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients, including tea tree oil, which works to reduce and prevent excess oil buildup on the scalp, amino acids that help to strengthen hair, fight frizz, which is my greatest concern, and reduce breakage, and copper tripeptide 1, which is a small protein composed of the three amino acids to facilitate a clean and hydrated scalp, as well as hyaluronic acid, which is nourishing and hydrating to our scalps. As I mentioned, Divi is not just for those experiencing hair loss. I found it to be hugely helpful for scalp health and all of Divi's products, including their shampoos and conditioners, Come together to create a full daily solution that helps women nourish their hair and get to the root of scalp health. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean, science-backed ingredients? Go to DiviOfficial.com slash Cynthia or enter Cynthia at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's D-I-V-I official.com slash Cynthia for 20% off your first order. As I mentioned, my favorite product is the scalp serum. And now that we're in the deep throes of winter weather, it is so wonderfully nourishing and moisturizing. At some point, we've all been sold a big fat lie. It's called the protein misconception. So starting in the 1980s, we all believed that more protein equated to more muscle growth. And I'm here to tell you it's a big misconception. This has a great deal to do that our body can only absorb protein that's broken down into smaller building blocks called amino acids. It doesn't matter if you're consuming 30 grams of protein or 300 grams of protein. If you don't have a sufficient supply of enzymes to digest the protein, your muscles will ultimately be unable to use these as vital building blocks. That's why it's crucial you take a high-quality digestive enzyme. The one I trust and use myself is called Masszymes by Bioptimizers. Masszymes is a full-spectrum enzyme formula with more protease than any other commercially available product. With five different forms of protease. Plus, it contains all the other key enzymes you need for optimal digestion. If you're experiencing bloating, gas, or digestive distress, a contributing factor can be that your body is no longer producing as much digestive enzymes. And you can try Masszymes today, risk-free. They have a 365-day full money-back guarantee and is the gold standard in the industry. Go to biooptimizers.com slash Cynthia. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash Cynthia and use promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off of any order. Again, that's promo code Cynthia10 for 10% off any order. 
we may say intellectually, yes, I know carbs are bad. I know sugar's bad. I know the caffeine's bad, but I can't, you know, I, willpower will just get mm -hmm. the better of me. But that's where the amino acids come in. So a big part of my work is using targeted individual amino acids like GABA and tryptophan and DPA. And what those do is they give, uh, give you relief right away from the mood issues, but they also help to break that addiction. So it then, then it's easy to quit the gluten, to quit the sugar, and to get off the caffeine. But we've really got to think about uh, the caffeine. It's, it's a big one, and it's challenging for a lot of people. But there's a subset of people who are just more prone to the effects of caffeine. And those people are, are, tend to get higher, um, higher rates of panic disorder. So it, it, you know, and some people say, well, I just have one cup in the morning. Just one cup can be problematic for some people. So really listen to your body. If you are going to drink caffeine and you can tolerate it, it's got to be in a ceramic mug. It's got to be organic um, and it can't be loaded with soy milk and sugar. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I used to laugh when I, when I worked in a large cardiology practice and trying to get an estimation of someone's quantity of caffeine that they would consume. And, and when they would say, oh, I have a couple cups. And I was like, no, no, how many ounces? Because I really wanted to get a quantification of how much they were consuming. And I think that caffeine is perceived to be so benign, but really it's not. And I think that's a really important point that you bring up that that seems to be an area where people struggle. Now, before we jump on to another topic, I would love for you to speak a little bit about gluten in particular, because my understanding is a lot of times it's what's done to the gluten that actually becomes such so problematic for our bodies. Um, do you think it's the utilization of glyphosate and, and substances like that that are actually impacting the neurotransmitters at a level that's so profound and significant? Yes, and we don't know for sure, but that certainly has been proposed. And I would say that that is probably a, a big factor, certainly um, with the shikimate pathway. You've probably heard uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff talk mm -hmm. about that and Jeffrey Smith talk about that, that although we don't have that uh, pathway in the humans, it's in bacteria and we house so much serotonin in our gut and our bacteria that it's very likely that the glyphosate is messing around with, with, with that and contributing to some of the anxiety and the depression. But the other thing is with gluten is that it, it's damaging the gut and whether it's got the glyphosate or not, that damage to the gut is impacting our ability to absorb nutrients. It's contributing to uh, possibly autoimmune conditions, which could then increase their anxiety. So it depletes zinc levels. I mentioned earlier, it depletes serotonin levels. So I think it's multifaceted. And, and you know, as you said earlier, we're all unique, so it's going to affect different people differently. Oh, those are some really good points. Absolutely. One of the things that I, I love about what you say is that using amino acids instead of using pharmaceuticals is helpful for a number of reasons. One, because it's more natural, but two, because you get immediate feedback. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. And it's, I think it's, they're amazing because of that immediate feedback. And uh, you, w w the way I do it is I'll, ha I'll have my clients uh, look at a questionnaire and we'll rate their symptoms. So say, for example, we're looking at uh, the physical kind of tension. So how, what is the, you know, how are you feeling in terms of being stiff and tense and having this sort of neck tension? Um, do you uh, 
use alcohol in order to self-medicate. And we didn't talk about alcohol as well, but I see a lot of social drinking happening. I see a lot of people drinking in order to relax at the end of the day and then drinking when they, you know, socializing so they can fit in and feel relaxed. So that's another one that we definitely want to think think about and uh, seems to, you know, not be on everyone's radar as far as, as being problematic, but it certainly can be. But going back to this, being aware of, of how these amino acids affect you. So looking at the questionnaire, uh, rating your symptoms on a scale of one to 10, and then actually using an amino acid and getting immediate feedback. So if you use something like GABA sublingually, you will feel results within five minutes. So say, for example, you stiffen tense, it's maybe an eight out of 10, and you've got the sort of physical kind of anxiety it's an eight out of 10, you use a sublingual GABA and within five minutes, you should be able to say, oh, I feel more relaxed. I can feel like my neck's not so tense. And so, you know, my clients will say, I feel like I had a glass of wine. They, they feel that relaxed. <laughs> and this can happen in five minutes, which is pretty empowering to feel that, that kind of uh, effect. Um, it, gives, it gives my clients hope because now they feel, wow, I'm actually, for the first time, I'm feeling something because there's so many, uh, you know, nutritional changes we can make. And most of them take a long time. If you get on omega-3s, if you got loads, uh, zinc, uh, zinc is a little bit different. That can be a little bit quicker than, say, for example, omega-3s or vitamin D. But the amino acids are so quick. So you get that immediate feedback. Yes, it's working. How much is it working? Maybe it went from an 8 out of 10 to a 6 out of 10. That's great. Maybe it went from an 8 out of 10 to a 4 out of 10. That's really great. Now, now you know how much you need to take. And then what I'll have them do over the course of the next few weeks is uh, say, say it went from an eight out of 10 to a six out of 10, uh, try that amount for the next week. Uh, and then at the end of the week, increase it. Do I feel a little bit better? Yes, it went down a notch. I feel even better. And then a week later, go down another, it goes down another notch as I increase. And you keep increasing until you find the exact amount for your unique needs. And that's why they're called targeted individual. So they're targeted, meaning it's one amino acid at a time, and individual, meaning it's individualized to your unique needs. And then if you go up and you're not getting any additional benefits, then you go back down. And for GABA, the other thing I want to just mention about GABA and doing this trial and then going up and up and up until you find the right amount is start really low. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will start on four, you know, 500 milligrams, 750 milligrams of GABA, and it's just way too high. And then they'll feel, uh, some people can feel uh, more anxious, some people feel sleepy, and then some people actually get a, like a nice and tough flush. And, and if you experience mm-hmm. that, it's not very pleasant, and then it's, oh. it's off-putting. So for GABA, 125 milligrams is a typical starting dose. And if someone is a very, very sensitive, I call them our pixie dust people, then we start even lower than that. Um, and you get that immediate feedback, you get good results, and, um, and you've, you know, you've got that hope, which is, is really great. And um, it's, uh, yeah, it's powerful for, for relief. And, and the other thing I wanted to say about the GABA is 
we do the sublingual for the trial because it gives you quick feedback. Uh, but then with GABA, I have found that continuing to use a sublingual form is the most effective for ongoing anxiety relief. If, if the, I use an over-the-counter product uh, called Source Naturals, uh, by Source Naturals called, called GABA Calm. And um, if, if that doesn't work for some folks, because it does contain tyrosine, which is an issue if you have melanoma or if you have high blood pressure, um, and then if you just used a combination GABA or theanine product and open up the capsule, you're going to get those same results. But we do want to put that GABA directly um, onto the tongue rather than swallowing it. It just seems to be much more effective. And I would imagine it's just it's a better absorption rate because you're getting, you know, that you have very vascular um, you know, areas in your mouth, as opposed to swallowing it, it has to be you know, metabolized um, and broken down in the digestive system. Now, I'd yeah. love for you, we know that we have many introverts and perfectionists who listen to our podcast, including our, pot, our, our co-host. Um, when I read your book for the first time, I was fascinated with a term I hadn't heard in any of my clinical training. And so pyloria and its connection to introversion. Can you tell us what that is and what we can do about it? Because I'm sure there are many of our listeners that have never heard anything about it either. Okay, yes. And it's pyroloria, by the oh. way, just, just <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, and it's, um, I'll spell it P-Y-R-O-L-U-R-I-A for anyone who wants to look it up. And it's a considered a genetic condition. Carl Pfeiffer wrote about it and, and worked with um, patients in the 1970s and found this constellation of symptoms that he, he found uh, were uh, responded really well to some specific nutrients and the nutrients are zinc and vitamin B6 and then evening primrose oil which is an omega-6 which actually helps in absorption of zinc and with these people um, he found that very high stress levels made things worse made them more anxious affected their social anxiety to a much greater extent and actually depleted them of zinc and vitamin B6 so when they're more stressed you, uh, you dump the zinc and the B6, and then it's a vicious cycle, so things get worse. Now, either, let me just give you some of the symptoms uh, or the signs that he identified. Uh, and it's this, the big thing is the social anxiety. So I mentioned, you know, folks drinking to socialize. So mm -hmm. that's one way that we self-medicate when we have the social anxiety. Social, the social tension, the sort of inner tension where you sort of have this tension the whole time and you cover it up you deal with it and you push through. And I can totally relate because I have pyroloria and I discovered it in a roundabout way. But uh, getting on these nutrients just have a huge impact in terms of being able to socialize and being able to feel comfortable in social settings. You mentioned the connection to introversion. Um, a few years ago, I uh, was uh, looking, reading, and I actually read an article in the New York Times. I think it was the New York Times, and they listed all these symptoms, these signs of introverts: this not wanting to socialize, this uh, feeling uncomfortable in social settings, not liking uh, uh, group settings, preferring one-on-one -on -one interactions, wanting um, detail, uh, meaningful conversations, not just sort of uh, you know chit-chat type of thing, and uh, preferring uh, not liking to sit in the middle of a room. They like to sit on the outside of a room and I looked at all these these uh, this list of, of, of questions that introverts can relate to and I thought this sounds a lot like pyroloria mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I put it to my community um, 
everyone who's got pyroluria, uh, please look at these signs that uh, introverts relate to and tell me, do you see an overlap? And everyone sees an overlap and people getting on the pyroluria protocol say, I'm no longer an introvert or I no longer feel socially anxious when I'm in social settings. And, you know, when I talk about it, Cynthia, people get, you know, people who really resonate with being an introvert say, don't try and change me. I'm fine the way I am. And I, uh, I appreciate my introvert qualities. And, and that's great. But if you are feeling uncomfortable going out and socializing, or maybe you don't go out because you feel so introverted that you just you know, you turn down invitations and you don't go, or maybe you do go and you just feel terribly anxious the whole time and you're putting on this brave face and you are extroverting because a lot of introverts will say, well, I go to these events and I learn how to extrovert. And then you come back and you're absolutely exhausted. This is what, these are the people that I want to help. So I'm not saying we need to change it, but I am questioning whether there's this biochemical aspect to introversion and it's not just a personality trait. That's fascinating. And I think it's also very telling that Cynthia and I combined have uh, over a dozen years of schooling and neither one of us had ever heard of that term. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners and our clients can relate to. So thanks for sharing that. You know, I also think that just saying someone has anxiety actually does them a disservice because there are so many different flavors of anxiety. And we were surprised in reading your material to really learn and understand that different vitamins and mineral deficiencies are related to different types of anxiety. So I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that. Have you guys heard about a bioactive whole food on the market with 5,000 published research studies backing it? When my oldest son needed to go on antibiotics a few months ago, I discovered Armor colostrum and the benefits for him and his recovery from being on antibiotics have been instrumental in me now recommending this to my dairy non-sensitive patients and clients. Armor's colostrum strengthens immunity, ignites metabolism, fortifies gut health, promotes hair growth and skin radiance, and powers fitness performance and recovery. My son has mentioned to me over and over again how great his gut feels, how he has improved his digestion and gut function as well. Colostrum is a rich, exclusive source of immunoglobulins or antibodies that optimize our immune defense even during cold and flu season. And we know that mucosal barriers house over 80% of our body's immune cells, including including the antibodies IgG and SIG-A. And these immunoglobulins bind and intercept harmful particles like viruses, bacteria, and toxins, blocking them from crossing into the barriers into our bloodstream. And armorous colostrum contains the highest levels of SIG-A and IgG to ensure your most fortified first line of protection. It's sustainably sourced. And it's important to know that you want to mix colostrum only with cold liquids or foods or dry scoop it into your mouth. This is also great for the oral microbiome. And we've worked out a special offer for my everyday wellness community where you can receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash Cynthia15 or enter Cynthia15 to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A.com slash Cynthia15. You definitely want to check it out. Do you find yourself struggling to get a good night's sleep? 
If so, you may be dealing with a hidden mineral deficiency. It is not at all uncommon in perimenopause and menopause to deal with sleep challenges. And we know that one of many contributory reasons for poor sleep can be a reduction in specific minerals that help regulate sleep quality, including magnesium, which is involved in GABA, which is our body's main calming neurotransmitter. We also know that we need potassium to create melatonin. And this is a hormone that is a master antioxidant, but is also utilized to help induce sleep We also think about things like zinc, which can balance excitatory neurotransmitters like glutamate. And if it's overactive, meaning if your glutamate levels are too high, it can prevent your brain from becoming more relaxed and inducing sleep. And lastly, selenium increases both our deep sleep and sleep duration. All these minerals matter a lot for sleep and any imbalances or deficits can have a major impact on the quality of sleep you get each night. And that's why I love Beam Minerals. They offer a full spectrum mineral supplement that gives you every essential mineral your body needs in the right doses, all in a highly absorbable liquid form. All you do is take a shot of bean minerals about an hour before bed. Don't worry, it tastes like water. And you'll replenish all of your body's minerals in about 30 seconds and give your brain what it needs for deep restorative sleep. I've been using this product over the last several months. I've really been impressed with the improvement in my sleep metrics, which I like to share on social media with my followers. And if you want a simple way to improve your sleep, head over to www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. That's www.beaminerals.com and use code Cynthia for 20% off your first order. So the I talked about the low GABA kind of anxiety, and this is where you've got the physical tension. Um, and then there's the low serotonin type of anxiety where you've got the mental, the worry, the ruminating thoughts, the negative self-talk, the who am I to be doing this? Uh, you'll often uh, hear the term imposter syndrome where you just feel like you, uh, you're you going to be caught out. Uh, someone's going to say, well, you, you know, you're not as good as you really are. You don't really know what you're doing. And that's uh, often related to low serotonin. So when we address uh, serotonin, low serotonin with a nutrient like tryptophan or 5-HTP, uh, that can turn things around. So you no longer have those feelings. I mentioned zinc earlier um, and vitamin B6 for the pyroluria, but both of those are key for making serotonin. So if we are low in zinc or we low in B6 or some of the other B vitamins, that can impact our serotonin production as well. And then earlier on, I mentioned the uh, low blood sugar, and that can look different uh, Mm -hmm. to the low serotonin or the low GABA kind of anxiety. And you can have, you can actually have all three. You can have low blood sugar and low serotonin and low GABA. And it's a matter of addressing the various different root causes of those types of anxiety with uh, dietary changes and with uh, some of these nutritional changes that I've talked about. It's really fascinating. I think that, you know, we're really inherently highlighting the power of nutrition as a huge component to mental health, but I would love for you to touch on some of the lifestyle changes that you recommend to the individuals that you're working with. I know we've touched on some of the neurotransmitters and some of the nutrition, but 
um, I know that lifestyle choices and changes have a huge impact on, you know, how we perceive the world. I, I'm a big fan of nature and getting outside. I just, it's for me, it's, yeah, I can't survive without it. So I think it's a matter of finding what works for you. Um, if, if you do that, if you go outside and you just feel uplifted and you feel calmer, that's a clue that it's, it's working for you. Getting outside, we're getting fresh air, we're getting exposed to greenery. We know that uh, greenery helps uh, calm us down. Certainly, uh, studies with kids with ADHD, if they're exposed to forests and greenery, uh, really uh, can be beneficial. There's this term called forest bathing that uh, comes out of Japan. And just being in nature for, I think one of the recent studies that I looked at, just uh, walking in nature for 12 minutes and then sitting there for 12 minutes, just observing nature can lower your cortisol levels and boost your GABA levels. And that can last for a whole week. So just wow. doing something like that, wow. I just think is amazing. Um, I'm a big fan of laughter. I think laughter is mm -hmm. so great. It just makes us feel so good. Hugs are great. Mm. Um, and then doing something um, that, that feeds you. Um, you know, if you uh, love to go to the gym, that's great. There's just so much research on exercise for mental health. If the gym doesn't really grab you, uh, take up dancing lessons, um, get a bicycle and go riding, uh, go, go mountain climbing. There's a, a fabulous study uh, coming out that came out of Scotland that bouldering, which is a, a kind of rock climbing where you sort of climb around the base of a cliff um, is, has been shown to help with mental health as well. So I just think find something that really, that feeds you and that um, calms you is, 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 is what, what I say, because you can't force yourself to do something that you're not going to enjoy. You're going to definitely get more benefit out of something if you are enjoying it. And the great thing about doing those types of activities is that they also sort of force you to be in the moment mm -hmm. and to get out of your head where you can easily ruminate and continue to spiral. Yes, down that absolutely. Anxiety. Yeah. So we know that our listeners are going to want to know more about Anxiety Summit. This is your fifth Anxiety Summit. Can you tell us all about it? Yes, the focus this year is the gut-brain axis, and I mentioned right at the beginning psychobiotics and nutritional psychiatry, and this season we are focusing on the gut, and we talk about the microbiome and how we make so much serotonin and GABA in the gut, and the role that um, things like fiber have in terms of um, making uh, helping to increase our butyrate levels and our short-chain fatty acids, which in turn have an impact on our neurotransmitters. The fact that uh, vagus nerve activation is so important in terms of uh, helping with our gut and helping with our mental health. And this, this two-way communication that we have between the gut and the brain, when the gut is in good shape, we've got a good microbiome, we are able to digest our foods, we don't have leaky gut, we don't have food sensitivities. It, it, it just makes our neurotransmitter production that much more efficient, and then it's going to help our mood. So, um, so many uh, different topics. We talk about vitamin B12 um, and how... Um, that can have an impact on anxiety, OCD, and actually increase constipation. So we've got this, uh, so many um, interrelated connections with 
uh, nutrients and the vagus nerve and the microbiome. And uh, interestingly enough, in the um, vagus nerve uh, interview, I interviewed Dr. Habib Nawaz, and he talks about how being sociable actually improves vagus nerve activation. So going mm. back to our discussion mm. about paraluria and introversion, if you are not getting out and being sociable, that could have an impact on your vagus nerve. So, um, and we know how important wow. the vagus nerve is for overall health. So it's, it, it's fascinating. Uh, we've, we talk about specific strains of uh, bacteria like lactobacillus and how that can impact GABA levels. Um, and it's, yeah, it was fantastic. Dr. Karazian, and uh, we talk about functional neurology in his interview. And although the focus of the summit is uh, the gut and focusing on gut health first, and we know that, you know, we'll hear this term, all disease begins in the gut. He, uh, in his interview, he talks about sometimes we need to focus on the brain. So if someone has a traumatic brain injury, uh, that can have an impact on the gut. And until we address that with, with functional neurology, we may not get gut resolution. So, um, but yeah, very, really um, amazing opportunity to interview some amazing experts and we share cutting edge research and then actually um, practical solutions as well, because um, there is so much that we can do. And just like with nutritional psychiatry, when we focus on the gut, we can start to have a change. And you, earlier on, we talked about the different types of anxiety, uh, gut issues you could consider as another, almost another category. Obviously, there's different aspects of it. If it's the microbiome, that's going to trigger some symptoms. If it's low hydrochloric acid, it means you're not going to be able to digest the protein from the beautiful grass-fed red meat that you're eating. And then you're not going to be able to use those amino acids or, or use that zinc if you've got low hydrochloric acid. So uh, it's, it's multifaceted and different people have different issues that can be impacted. Well, I know Kelly and I will absolutely be tuning in and we'll be happy to, you know, share the summit with our followers and encourage everyone to join in. Now I would love, we always end our podcast asking our, our um, guests to list off two things that can help improve your health and wellness every day. My first thing is nature. Um, I just go back to that all the time. For me, uh, that definitely uh, is my go-to. So just get outside and um, actually in the, in the, summit uh, we talk about nature and in, in the uh, one of my interviews where i talk about really simple changes that you can make jessica was interviewing me and she said well some people don't have access to nature maybe they're in a big city and they can't get outside and they can't get into greenery and i shared how there's actually there was a paper showing that just getting a poster of a big green forest and putting that on your wall can make a difference so if you can't get out in nature and you just love the thought of something green just get a giant poster so that would be one thing and then another thing is that that I also talk about on the summit and I think is really important is in this busy world, we are just so busy doing things and just doing nothing mm -hmm. might be something mm -hmm. to think about. And that's not, that doesn't mean just sitting in front of the TV and just watching, you know, you know, TV shows endlessly. This means just sitting and just looking at the people go by and just doing nothing. And there's a, a, a term called Nixon, N-I-K-S-E-N, that comes out of Holland. And it, Nix means nothing. Uh, I grew up in South Africa mm -hmm. and Afrikaans um, or Dutch for nothing is Nix. Mm -hmm. So Nixon, just do nothing. And I think those might be things to think about today. Oh, lovely. So how can our listeners find out more about you and the Anxiety Summit? 
my book, The Anti-Anxiety Food Solution, is a great resource. Um, as Cynthia mentioned earlier, it talks about so much that we talked about today. Um, I have my website, everywomanover29.com. I also teach practitioners through the Anxiety Nutrition Institute how to use the amino acids. And the anxietysummit5.com is where you can find out about the Anxiety Summit. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure having you on. It's been super having uh, being here and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions or would like us to discuss a certain topic, please feel free to email us at everydaywellnesspodcast at gmail.com. You can find out more about Kelly at kellydonahuephd.com and more about Cynthia at cynthiatherlow.com. Just as you carefully choose the cut of meat or freshness of produce that you cook at home, you should carefully choose chemical-free cookware that provides a healthy and safe cooking experience. The materials in 360 cookware are safe, sustainable, and of the highest quality. Their cookware is 100% free from any toxic chemicals as the company produces quality stainless steel cookware and bakeware without added chemicals, and all are manufactured in the United States. It's also the leading manufacturer that equips kitchens with cookware and bakeware that are free of all of the toxic chemicals and coatings, including PFAS, Teflon, and ceramic. And the best thing is that when used properly, the product's construction provides nonstick properties in a product that can be passed down through generations. Go to www.360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. Again, that's 360cookware.com and use code CYNTHIA20 for 20% off your first order. We've been using their products over the last several months and have really been pleased with not only the durability, but ease of cleanliness.